and welcome back to the pod. I'm really excited today um, to introduce you to someone special who I've known for a while but we haven't actually caught up in such a long time so today's episode is really special. Um, so I'm here today with Angeline who's going to talk um, all the way from South Korea um, <laughs> and you know we're just going to actually start by introducing um, you Angeline. If you could just say a few words about you, who you are and what you do that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So hello, everyone. My name is Angeline. So I actually, so uh, my ethnic background consists of my mom being from the Philippines and my dad being uh, half Sudanese, half Egyptian. So it's a bit (laughs) so mixed. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I'm actually a Nuku nurse um, by background, but at the moment I am in South Korea teaching English. So yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. First of all, your ethnic background <laughs> in itself is like amazing. Um, I mean, how you know, growing up with all of that different kind of um, background, does that kind of open you up to new like experiences and how you view the world? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, definitely. Um, so growing up, I actually spent two years in the Philippines. So I grew up in the Philippines oh, nice. when I was young. My auntie looked after me and then um, my mom actually worked as a nurse in the UK. And right. then like once she was able to, she brought us over. Yeah. So um, being able to like uh, grow up in London and adjust to a different uh, environment mm. uh, was uh was interesting Mm -hmm. but challenging at the same time and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just interesting now I have like uh different experiences from two different places (laughs) but yeah so it is uh yeah interesting I love that that. um I also love how you touch on the fact that obviously your mom was a nurse as well I'm sure we'll get onto your career in more detail um but just to briefly touch uh on the fact that you are in um South Korea at the moment so how is that kind of going for you just just briefly and we'll go into more detail later on Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. It's uh definitely different <laughs> in South Korea. But um I uh growing up I was kind of exposed to the culture and the uh the people. So mm-hmm. it wasn't so much of a shock coming here and living here. Um but yeah, it's really exciting, really interesting. And uh obviously COVID <laughs> COVID doesn't help, but yeah, but despite COVID it's been such an amazing I've had such an amazing time and have met such amazing people here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just enjoying myself here. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, I'm sure loads of people are really, really um jealous <laughs> of being there right now. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so obviously touching on your career, um, yes. I met you, I'm not sure if you'd started working when I met you back in London, uh, but yeah. at that point, were you still studying or were you doing, or had you just started working back then? This was like uh, a few, good few years wow. back now, wasn't it? It's, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think when I met you, so yeah, we danced together. Yeah. Um, during that time, I was actually still a university student, mm-hmm. but I was, I think, on my last year of university right. um, as a nursing student, a child yeah. nursing student. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So then, obviously, as a nursing student, how did you decide, mm-hmm. like, wh- I know you wanted to be a nurse, but how did you decide on what kind of uh departments that you wanted to go into with the nursing is that like uh do you get to choose that or do you do you get to kind of do rotations and see what you kind of like doing 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, good question. <laughs> uh, so, with nursing, uh, basically, when you apply, you it's it's not like in the UK. It's not like the other countries. Other countries where, for example, America is just general nursing. Mm. In the UK, it is kind of almost specialized in a way. So, you uh, when you apply, there are like three sectors so you can mm-hmm. apply to mental health mm-hmm. um adult nursing or child nursing mm-hmm. at least for my university that was the case and i think that's in general in london um and in the uk mm-hmm. so you can special you basically specialize in a way um i applied to child nursing uh just because um when i was younger i really liked children i just had a big interest in children hence why i applied specifically to child nursing mm-hmm. oh yeah. nice okay um i suppose that kind of helps and then like knowing what you're interested in earlier on of course yes um so what do you do or what did you do as a neonatal nurse like what was your role about could you just expand on that a little bit sure so um actually uh with my career uh, my mom was the one who influenced me to mm-hmm. to be a child nurse uh it sounds very well in the like in the filipino in in the Fili- in philippines mm-hmm. it sounds very uh like typical for a child to kind of grow up and be a nurse a doctor right. i think this is quite general and yeah, yeah, yeah. Asian yeah, backgrounds, right? people yeah. coming from Asian backgrounds. Yeah. But for my mom specifically, and specifically in the Filipino, coming from my Filipino background, mm-hmm. uh, my mom really wanted me to be a nurse. Okay. And she herself, as you know, like I said, is a nurse. Yeah. Um, so she wanted me to be a nurse and pursue nursing. Um, so yeah, she highly influenced my <laughs> decision in picking nursing. Um but yeah, I was just curious from a cha- from a young age. My mom would tell me different stories and things like that. And that's why I went down this path. Um, but to answer your question, so Nick, uh, Chad, sorry, <laughs> NICU right. basically stands for, um, so NICU is NICU, which mm-hmm. stands for Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. Right. Um, that basically, it basically is, this unit basically um, uh, takes premature babies right. or uh babies who are full term back need um need uh care right basically okay. yeah it sounds like quite an intense um role like you know it emotionally um uh oh, sorry that's my dog so what's what is it like <laughs> working you know as a NICU nurse like what's your experience been like um, so as a NICU nurse, um, I would say the profession really requires you to have an eye for detail and precision, um, especially when you're completing tasks. Um, it really needs to be done like in a structured and timely manner. <laughs> so therefore, um, skills like organization skills are really essential in my role and to ensure like good quality care and good patient care also I find found that like um uh NICU nurses um you really need to be able to um you need to be able to uh be very accurate in what you're doing um because um uh like when it comes to, for example, medication, um, all the doses are really minute, really small. Mm. And the babies that you're dealing with, um, it could be like premature babies. So that means babies who are born 
prematurely, as mm-hmm. in they're not fully developed. Mm-hmm. They're like less than so normally full term babies are like thirty seven to forty weeks, mm-hmm. but premature babies can be anything from twenty three weekers wow. to um between that basically yeah. to thirty seven weeker. Um, and with these type of babies, because they're born prematurely, mm-hmm. that means everything else like in their body is not fully developed Mm. that could be their organs their brain everything is not fully developed so you'll have issues with um maybe neurologically so the brain there might be a a common issue is respiratory which is Mm. you know breathing their lungs um things like that so with that causes them to not breathe properly Mm. and hence why they might need help Um, with that and be admitted to the neonatal unit Mm. and then we also have full-term babies who have different types of issues and they also might be admitted to the neonatal unit although although they are full-term they might have um, other issues that um, for example also with breathing or cardiac issues Mm. so issues with the heart where they would need um, support from doctors and nurses and the medical team Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's it's (laughs) intense. uh, I'm sure like say for instance, you go, you know, you're doing, what is your daily routine? Like, I mean, does it vary all the time? Um, Or do you kind of have like a similar uh, routine um, throughout like say a month or so before something else happens? Um, So with my, with the daily routine, it really varies. Mm. So um, with, uh, for a NICU nurse, you usually work in the neonatal unit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is based in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very ward based. Right. Um, and you do have a kind of a daily routine. Mm-hmm. But um, what happens during the day, you can't really guarantee. Yeah. So um, it's nice working a ward, in a ward where you build a relationship with your patients and yeah. you kind of know your patients and you might be given usually the same set of patients. Um, but the sometimes you get emergencies or um, like um, admissions mm. randomly mm. and it could be a really sick baby. It could be a really well baby that just needs um, observations and things like that. So mm. there is parts of your routine that you know kind of what you're doing, like in the morning I need to do this and mm-hmm. um you know in the afternoon I need to do this I need to do this so there is a kind of a routine that you have and that you do Mm -hmm. in general but in between that you never really know what can happen it's it's like the unexpected you always have to be flexible yeah exactly have to adapt to any situation and I think that's for a lot of other nurses as well in ward-based settings um but yeah it really depends where you're put which um part of the unit that you're put in because the unit is also split into different rooms and you have different types of patients yeah yeah so it I mean I can imagine this being a really like fulfilling role right like you're really helping this um child say um so kind of like what have have you got any like particular stories like that's been really good but at the same time I can I can also imagine this being like a mentally stressful job and sometimes things not going right and it's not always like butterflies and sunshines you know like so yes. could you just share like some like good and bad experiences just so that we get we kind of get like the sense of reality into what it's really like to be a neonatal nurse 
Okay, so, wow, good question. <laughs> so, uh, I would say, yes, of course, with any job, there is good experiences and there is bad experiences. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, uh, being a neonatal nurse, being a, from a, like, a specialist role, um, it's really, um, it's a really, not only because it's a specialist role, but uh, being a NICU nurse, it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really rewarding job in general, um, just because um, you don't only just take care of the baby and, you know, help the baby, but you're also helping the family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during this really difficult time, you can be that person. You can you can be that person to really kind of help them, you know, educate them, mm-hmm. advise them on what... Um, what is like educate them on what is happening with the baby because it can be a really scary and difficult time for them and to be honest most most of the parents that I meet they actually don't know what a NICU what what uh they've never been to a NICU before they don't even know what a premature baby is they have no knowledge of a premature baby at all mm. they didn't even know a NICU existed mm. like, like I, I have to admit I yeah. didn't know NICU existed I didn't know <laughs> before like talking to you so yeah yeah a lot of people don't actually know that a NICU exists until they're actually in a situation where they have a premature baby and the baby's in a NICU unit and mm. they're like where's my baby I can't find my mm. baby like and they're searching and then we have to find them lost in the hallway or something like that like it's it must be so scary for them mm. so um actually like I feel like my role in general is really rewarding, like um, seeing the pa- parents there, helping them, seeing them progress from being really nervous, being scared, not even wanting to touch their baby mm. um, to being wow. parents who are actually like holding their baby, feeding their baby. Yeah. Like that takes time yeah. and that is definitely a journey. And yeah, just being there with the parents and just being part of that journey almost like a member of their family yeah. is like so rewarding because you're like oh that's also kind of my baby of yeah. course it's their baby yeah, but it's yeah. like you're also looking after your baby Aww. you know in a way yeah um so yeah like it really is uh rewarding um and also just um every baby is different like um another really positive thing is that um you might you know uh, the baby might be looking sick and might be, you know, it looks like the baby's maybe not doing so well or is um, slowly maybe reaching their milestones because, you know, they basically they grow in our unit. Mm. Um, they basically, depending on how young they are, they grow in our yeah. unit and we basically have something called an incubator where right. we put the babies in and they basically gradually yeah. grow. So you basically see them grow into like almost a full-term baby depending on how well they are sometimes they leave before they're actually like full-term um so seeing them grow some babies just grow like they reach their milestones so quickly and some take a bit of time depending on how sick they are but just seeing them kind of like um the doctors might say one thing and then like seeing them like do double what the doctors have said like wow like they've actually done so well like in such a short amount of time is actually also a really rewarding thing yeah and it's interesting to see as well yeah um because you might not think uh you might think oh it's just like a premature baby but they have so much personality to them they're they have so much character to them even though they're so young yeah so that's also another positive thing about my job that I really like 
Yeah. Well, that's adorable. Yeah. Like, I love the fact that you can actually, like, <laughs> observe the change, you know, through time yeah, and exactly. see them, like, grow. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's really cute. Um, so how, like, how has it been then, obviously, now that, when, so when did you decide to take a career break let's say before you moved to um south korea like so what made you kind of decide right like um let me just take a career break at this point uh so what made me decide so basically i was um planning on doing the itu course which mm. is basically a progression up in my career down the neonatal path um but i actually the career break i was teaching abroad was something i wanted to do for a while okay. um but i was just trying to find the perfect time to do that mm-hmm. and i th- i thought that j- last year was the perfect time um actually covid came in to to play with that as well mm. um and kind of helped me uh solidify my decision of going to teach abroad because mm-hmm. at the time covid was just manic mm. um and i was still working during covid times and when it was crazy but right. like while it um once it kind of died down mm. i kind of made the decision to um to think about uh do, um, having a career break and working yeah. towards going to teach abroad yeah. um so yeah I had that thought for a while and then just this timing came up and I was like yeah right I will just do it now mm. um while I am still young mm-hmm. and before I do my ITU course mm-hmm. and progress higher I will just do that now yeah. okay <laughs> so that's why yeah and how easy is it for a nurse to do that how easy is it to say right I'm gonna do this for like a year or like whatever months like is that um you know can you kind of take that break and then go back into nursing again once you know you want to again start mm-hmm. you know going back into your like nursing career I think uh yes so it so with my hospital the hospital that I'm I, I'm working with mm-hmm. uh, working in um is under the NHS basically and obviously mm-hmm. all the other hospitals it depends on their policy right. but with my hospital I, I think it's quite similar to the other NHS hospitals um, with the NHS hospitals or my hospitals let's just say in specifically mm-hmm. um, they 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 have a policy for career breaks and it just basically um, it they just basically um how do I put this? They basically emphasize the fact that they consider other avenues for learning or right. other avenues for, you know, um, education. Mm. If you want to go higher, if you want to do something that's not linked to nursing directly, mm. but will help you in the future okay. um, to uh, kind of go up in in nursing, for yeah. example, down yeah. that path, but not necessarily uh like link to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you can do so as long as you can explain why you're doing it and um how you're planning to do it and when you're planning to come back and things like that so yeah. they do accommodate for those reasons yeah uh, which i think is amazing because um you know doing going down one path it doesn't it you need to, I think in a way, you need to gain experience. You need to kind of search other avenues for 
growth basically mm. is what it is and therefore I saw this opportunity and I thought it was a great opportunity mm. although it doesn't directly link to um, nursing because it's teaching English mm-hmm. but I just saw it as an opportunity to um, educate myself in teaching mm. as a as a whole mm. and learning kind of the basics of teaching and how yep. to teach as well as gaining experience doing that so hence why I went down this path and I applied for a career break yeah oh that's amazing like I wish more not just you know in NHS like wider companies kind of uh considered that like just having that period of like growth even if it's not directly linked to your career but like helping it does help you grow as a person and that I think translates directly into the work you're doing like just generally so I think that's amazing um so exciting um stuff yeah Um, (laughs) so talk about like being in South Korea then so uh how is it going for you like um teaching English abroad like what has been your experience there and how have you adapted to the cultural differences there as well uh so yeah so teaching uh English abroad has been like such an amazing experience for me um it's taught me so much like as soon as I got back got down to Korea just being in Korea, seeing how different the culture is, mm. is one thing. And then having to teach English and, you know, um, ha- so, uh, yeah, having orientation. And during orientation, I was taught, like, the basics of English and, mm-hmm. um, like, strategies as well as, like, different theories. Um, so I had, like, a crash course of, right. basically, if you were <laughs> if you were to teach um, teach if you were to do a degree in teaching, which is obviously a whole thing Mm -hmm. in itself, Mm -hmm. um, I had a little crash course, which helped me kind of um, with the basics of teaching. Mm. And then through that, I continuously had other like study days with um, how to kind of teach in different ways and how to kind of cater to your students in different ways because obviously all your students will be different and how they learn is different um so yeah that was really beneficial and um yeah from that I kind of was able to use that and apply it to my lessons Mm -hmm. and then gain experience teaching my students because I plan I teach Mm -hmm. I communicate with them and also communicate with my co-teacher because I also have a co-teacher okay um so yeah so is your co-teacher Korea like from South Korea or is she like from here as well from the UK or how does that work so basically when I um applied to teach in South Korea Mm -hmm. I went through a program called EPIC which stands for English program in Korea right basic (laughs) so it's called basic it's called EPIC and um this um kind of it's a it's a it's kind of like a program that recruits English teachers from abroad Mm -hmm. to teach in South Korea and they basically send you like anywhere in South Korea so you can't pick your location you just get sent anywhere you can put a preference down but you can be literally anywhere um so as you get there they it's it's quite a good program they kind of teach you how things are in the beginning and then mm-hmm. you're you're sent to your accommodation and then from that you get to meet your co-teachers okay. and usually you get two to three co-teachers depending on how many students you're teaching on how big your school is yeah. some depending on where you are you also get one 
two, three, some people get four or five schools. I got one, but my book, my school is quite big. Um, So that's basically the background, how I got here. And um, so I have co-teachers, which are native Korean teachers, and they basically are in the, um, they're basically signed to the public school uh, program. They're basically in teaching in public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went down the public school route, basically. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn how they teach their students here in yeah. South Korea and also the education system here in South Korea. But there is also an option for private, to go down the private way. So a pri- private institutes, you yeah. you basically just apply to private institutes, which which there are many in South Korea, but right. that's not the public route, that's yeah. private. So yeah, okay. they're more independent, basically. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. Um, so I should have probably started off with the question of asking you where about in <laughs> South Korea did you get um, put in then? Uh, so I've been put in um, a province in South Korea called uh, Chungnam. Okay. So there are many places in South Korea, as you know. <laughs> uh, but basically the province is called Chungnam, which is a really big province. Right. It's in the... It's in the west mm-hmm. side, west side of South Korea. And um, the, yeah, I've been put placed in there. And the place that I'm in is a, a town. It's um, small, but I can get to different places. So mm. it's not a city, it's a town. Um, but um, nevertheless, it's still great. I, I get to know like all the local people and the local Ajumas and Ajusis. So like the yeah. local. Uh, uncles and aunties so yeah. yeah it's it's nice and then I yeah they they talk to me and converse with me so yeah that's really nice it's nice so do you get that support still from like or is it more of a you once you're there it's kind of like up to you to kind of navigate life there or do you have any additional support from anyone like from the program that you've done um so uh, they do support you when you get here. Um, you usually, like, if you have any issues and problems, you go to your co-teacher. Mm. So your co-teacher is kind of like your so- source of everything, right, basically. Right. So uh, when you come to Korea, you actually get housing provided for you um, with the program. Um, and with that, they basically, if you have any issues with your co if you have any issues, you speak to your co-teacher mm. and then she speaks to the landlady or if you have any issues with your bank, if you need banking, anything else, like mm. she'll sort everything out for you. Nice. Um, so yeah, your co-teacher is kind of the person that you go to yeah. um, when it comes to living in Korea or any issues that you might have. Cool. So like, um, tell, tell me about like how it's been then. Like, um, have you learned anything about yourself being there? I mean, like, what's the whole experience been like? Not just teaching, but like, uh, you know, like you said, like, and getting to know other people, like going out there. Uh, what else have you been up to? Just, just, just the whole experience. How has it kind of, um, taught you anything, or like, what have you learned the most so far of you being there for about six months now? Uh wow! So that is, <laughs> uh, where do I start? <laughs> um, um. So, um. Wow, where do I start? Like, that's a big know. question. Yeah, maybe like <laughs> just generally about how uh, did you find it easier than you thought it would be, or like did you, or you know, how was it like uh, coping there, um, in this new environment? 
Uh, okay, so when so from a young age, as I've said, I've traveled actually to Korea back and forth. Right. Like every year, I've been to Korea mm. um, because my boyfriend is Korean. Mm. So I, of course, yeah. I go to Korea every year to see him. Um, and from that, I've when I stayed in Korea, I stay I would stay like a month mm. or two months, and from that, kind of, I got to know. Uh, I've got I, I had loads of experience and I've got to know um, I've had loads of experiences and I've got to know loads of people mm. um, and that's also helped me kind of learn also about the culture and the history yeah. um, and so coming to Korea and living here it wasn't such a big culture shock for me mm. um, also uh, things that um like the biggest culture differences I find in South Korea, I kind of also um, experienced that when I was younger um, because it also kind of is similar to my experiences in the Philippines. Mm. So, for example, um, two cultural differences that I found that um, can be quite challenging um, are like in Korea, there's like a really obvious hierarchy hierarchy system. Mm, So um, basically kind of um, respecting your seniors and your elders. Mm. Um, Although I was used to this already being Filipino myself, Mm. where we kind of respect our seniors and elders they put great emphasis on like showing respect to them and it's really a big part of uh the culture here mm-hmm. and has been like for a very long time so how old a person is really de- determines how you speak to them okay. so for example um like if someone's older than you you have to use like yo at the end of your sentence or imida at the end of your sentence right. which shows respect right. but if which which is called formal which is like formal right. the way you speak is formal formal yeah um but if it's to your friends you speak casually so that you don't need to use that you can just drop it and mm. just speak how you want to but that's really important because you can offend someone right. if you're not actually using yeah. those uh Terms, those ending yeah. those particles yeah. um so yeah that's really important and that's also really emphasized in society and then um also korean people put like a lot of emphasis on doing things together okay. um yeah so like uh, they have like a collectivist culture of like eating out, right. to eating together and drinking together. So actually, like um, in businesses, um, you usually eat lunch together. Yeah. Also, like in schools, you eat lunch together, okay. like um, the teachers would eat lunch together. Yeah. Or like if you're in a, a company, you'd all eat l- go out and yeah. eat lunch together. So it's really uh, a big part of the culture. Yes. I know covid has come and that's <laughs> and has also affected that but it still is something that exists so like they it still happens they would just be more um uh cautious yeah. when they're like eating yeah. out you know there'll be screens in the restaurants and right. things like that but it's still the same like koreans like to do things just together, together. Yeah. oh nice yeah yeah i suppose it's that whole collectivist culture kind of uh, versus the individualistic culture here maybe the western society yes. kind of thing but it's yes. uh, it's interesting to hear it like that still happens there um yes yeah, yeah. Oh, okay cool um yeah i mean just generally as well how so what do you normally do there like what do you do in your spare time then and you know how is that going yeah <laughs> <laughs> um 
So actually, if COVID wasn't around, I think I would be doing much more right. um, like outdoor stuff. <laughs> I think I would be meeting more people because uh, Koreans are very kind of, uh, they're very welcoming. They're yeah. very uh, accommodating. Yeah. So they like to invite you to their house. They like to like uh, get to know uh like foreigners and get to know like the different experiences yeah. um like around the world um but because of covid that's kind of affected the way you kind of the communicate you're not able to really get close to people that much and things like that but uh nevertheless like um still in my free time like i get to i i meet my friends i meet my korean friends um and i travel like around korea um so nice. which is great yeah. um the restrictions are not like super strict which is good um and then i also learn korean myself um so yeah so it's like like continuous after school continually learning the language yes for, yeah and just the yeah. language everything oh cool so like yes um what what would you say like to people who are interested in kind of taking this career break as well like you know what would you tell them like what have you learned and uh, why why should they take it like if they're only like because you know sometimes even me when I was like after uni I was thinking about teaching English abroad but I never pursued that because I was always scared um mm-hmm. I was like what like that might put me a year back or like what if I'm wasting my time or like I had so many Mm -hmm. questions and I think I just wanted that assurance at that time that I didn't get but like what Mm -hmm. what would you tell people who are thinking of doing it I think I would tell people who are thinking of doing it is to obviously first of all like what is I think like you said being wise and kind of thinking about what is your purpose in doing it and what Mm. you would get out of it. But I don't think it would be uh, necessarily a waste of time. Mm. Um, So the reason why I took the career break was to expand my knowledge and experience on teaching, basically. Mm. And then from that, using that to kind of expand my knowledge on education field Mm. and um, just learning the basics of teaching and also using that and then being confident in being able to teach properly and um, using that knowledge to teach children and helping them to understand English. Um, So that's why I wanted to do the career break, but also using that to kind of, um, when I come back to the UK, I plan to go higher in nursing, but I'm still going to be able to apply the skills that I've learned and have used from what, you know, um, I've learned in my career break. So mm-hmm. it's not really, for me, a waste of time. But mm-hmm. people who want to do it, I think, should definitely do it. If you're definitely planning on going down the field of education or um, like expanding your experiences in something, it's mm-hmm. really, I think it depends on what you want to do, but it it really is um, a great experience like being able to adapt to different situations um, is also another thing I learned. So in Korea, there is something, uh, there is a well-known phrase basically right. among foreigners called um, the Korean surprise. Okay. So, <laughs> so basically for foreigners living and working in Korea, um, there's something called the Korean surprise. It's a um, uh well-known phrase this basically means that so it's basically used when uh like something suddenly like 
plans that suddenly change or things that suddenly change. For example, uh, you've made something for this meeting or uh-huh. this project and then your Korean native teacher has come or someone who's Korean said, yeah. oh, actually, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do something else. Like, right. we'll just like drop that on you. So you have to kind of like uh, improvise or you have to kind of like change your plans oh. because of xyz yeah. so just being able to adapt and be flexible uh i've learned is really important working right. here for some people it can be quite challenging yeah. but uh it's something that's i i look at i look as being um a positive thing yeah. for me it's something that uh has challenged me and has actually helped me be more flexible yeah. be more prepared if yeah. anything happens so like um one time there is a time where my co-teacher was late for her lesson because there was traffic yeah but I had nothing prepared because it was her time to teach right so I uh had a lesson prepared previously but I didn't know I was going to use I just kept it there so that's what I used and I just started the lesson and everything went smoothly and she was also very impressed but it's just being prepared for those type of situations Um, it might not be that situation but it might be another situation Mm -hmm. but just being understanding flexible and prepared so for those situations to happen uh, has helped me Um, so that's one thing and also Uh, learning like teaching English abroad um, uh, one rewarding aspect of it is um, building relationships with um, people with my colleagues with the children that I teach can be like uh, so rewarding and also can uh, be priceless like yeah um, yeah, it's been it's it can really help you also be a, a great English teacher because hearing feedback from them and seeing how they learn can really help you um, help your knowledge help your skills in Mm -hmm. teaching Um, although it's oh yes I'm teaching English it's there's so much more to that that you learn that you can take away and use when you come back to England or in the field or profession that you are in yeah I can imagine a lot of work happening in not obviously just not just the teaching but like the planning the um the communication style and adapting and adjusting to you know children who are different in all ways um, yes so yeah I mean I, I can't even teach to begin with so I think teaching itself is such a <laughs> difficult skill and everything that goes on top of that that's just amazing especially in a different country yeah that is yeah like, something else um so no that's that's all really yeah that's like well done like honestly for being so oh, brave and doing it like it's something that I'd always wanted to do and seeing you do it I think yeah. it's like really nice to yeah see that you know you're you should enjoy do it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe I should do it you know it's never too late that's true yes oh, that's very yes I mean it's been very interesting like obviously talking about your experience there and what you did here so like uh obviously you talked about the fact that you want to come back and then um do the ITU nursing and everything mm-hmm. so like for basically in regards to uh, I suppose giving any sort of advice for people who are interested in nursing like what would you say um to them um generally regarding like a career advice uh for people who are interested in becoming a nurse mm. yeah so I what I would advise them is uh to take things one day at a time because yeah. um even as a student I really didn't know 
although I, I picked child nursing, I really didn't know what special, like, uh, where I wanted to be, which mm. unit I wanted to apply to and, uh, what type of nurse I would want to be in the future. Um, so just taking things as it comes and just, um, not being so hung up on kind of, uh, I, uh, the the end goal like oh well I think I think I want to be this nurse I should know what nurse I want to be mm-hmm. where I want to specialize and what you know I want to apply to things like that um yeah just not being too hung up on that just kind of taking things as it comes and as because um as a child uh as a nurse you in the first year I'll just start with kind of what happens mm-hmm. when you're applying as a nurse so as a student nurse in the first year, as a child nurse, you have three placements. So right. you have um, a learning disability placement, you have an adult placement, and you have a child placement. Mm-hmm. This is only for um, child nursing students. Wow. Right. This is only specific for child nursing yeah. students. So that's the first year. And then the second and third year, uh, you just fully just continue um, uh, with child uh, child nursing placement so okay. just child child placements yeah. they're all like they could be in different settings but in the second year you have a community placement a spe- mm-hmm. specific 10-week community placement obviously depending on the university you go to it's different um, but with that you have enough time to kind of experience being in different units and uh, experience kind of uh, what it requires and how the work is going to be how the workload is going to be although you although it might not be that specific hospital that you might plan to work in mm-hmm. in the future at least you're able to experience what A&E is going to be like for example yeah. or what a g- general child ward looks like and how it's going to be like and from that you can kind of make your decisions and even as you apply as a full um as a registered nurse after three years mm-hmm. you can always change after a year where you want to be um for me I uh, specifically applied for rotation in the first year mm-hmm. because I really didn't know where I wanted to go mm-hmm. um although I had experience in uh kind of I didn't have a neonatal placement as a student nurse mm-hmm. I had a kind of like a small second not a second secondment but I had experience in NICU for mm. a few weeks um, working with my mom as okay. a student and yeah. she kind of supervised me and that's where she kind of taught me the basic um, things about NICU and yeah. how it is as a NICU nurse in her unit yeah. and from that I kind of had an idea in my head maybe I'd want to work in NICU right. but I didn't actually have any experience as a, a student nurse yeah. and then I applied as a rotation nurse in NICU mm. and uh, I had three different placements in my first year as a qualified nurse um, and my favorite one was the NICU right. placement and that was actually where my mom was mm. so I actually worked with her and I worked with um, other nurses as well and during that rotation that part of my rotation so that was four months mm-hmm. I like that solidified that I really wanted to be in NICU like I, sh- I wanted to work there hence why I applied there and mm. then I just continued working there and special started going up there um so yeah that's how it works but basically from that it just shows I didn't really know what I wanted to be mm. and what I wanted to specialize in and from that experience that's only when I learned what I wanted to 
do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of um, reassuring other student nurses that it's, it will be fine. You will find your niche and mm. where you want to stay. And even then, nursing is so big it's mm. so wide so you can always specialize in different roles you can specialize as a community nurse you can specialize if you go down the NICU path you can go to once you do your IT you can specialize in um be a band seven nurse and you might do this role or you could go and work in uh in like a like a there's like a team that specializes in transferring um, sick babies right. to different parts of the UK um, so that's also another role so it really depends you can really or you can go down the education route mm. to help student nurses right. be a, a basically a education facilitator right. a student education facilitator or a, a education facilitator in the unit mm. so that's also another which I'm planning to go down so yeah, there's different yeah. <laughs> different routes. It sounds like there's uh, different, lots of pathways so. available. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh. There is. So, yeah. Oh, nice. I love that, you know, you kind of found your future experience and, like, yeah, realised what you liked and didn't like and you kind of know where you want to head towards as well. So really good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to share before we close it? Close this yes. episode so um just um another thing is to always try new things mm. i think sometimes in life you can be really scared to try um new things because you know it feels like sometimes you're wasting your time mm-hmm. or there's other things that you could be doing that would be more beneficial yeah. um but i think um and also time is something you can't get back right mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really it it's it makes it more of there's more emphasis on kind of making sure that you use your time wisely but I think um being I think having a balance and Mm -hmm. also having time to try new things is also really important because you never know what uh you can become or Mm -hmm. you never know what you're good at really Mm -hmm. um I, I feel like even at a young age we're always kind of told that you know, we need to know what we're doing. We need to know what we want to be in life. And mm. we need to always, there's always that emphasis on knowing what you need to be yeah. and become. But to be honest, no one really knows, of course, what they want to be mm. um, and what they want to become in the future. And people who graduate this degree will change mm-hmm. and do this, 100%, you know, yeah. job. <laughs> no, like that's, that has also become very common in our, um, like, time Mm -hmm. this time Mm -hmm. um so yeah just like always trying new things as it really expands your horizon as a person and it opens up like new avenues to help learn something new Mm -hmm. um and also even you it might turn out that you really enjoy it and you can even turn it into a business as long as it you know you can help other people with it you can turn it into a business and that can also benefit you so you really don't know how things can be unless you try it um especially um at a time where a lot of people especially now that a lot of people are resigning and Mm. they're starting new businesses and they're creating and being their own boss Mm -hmm. that's something that I know now is really is being encouraged Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think learning is something that's really important 
especially now yeah uh to do i think learning is something that you never stop doing in life and i think it's also never too late to learn as yeah. well that's, so yeah. yeah that's yeah that's such a good way to end this because yeah i completely agree with everything you're saying and uh i always the only thing i always wish i'd done is try new things more like yeah. before now but i feel like i am trying to do that more these days but i wish i did that even sooner because you know you're so right in saying it does open up new avenues and you know now more than ever people can take all of that new experiences and turn it into something like so much more uh, that they didn't even knew they could do so yeah. yeah thank you Angeline um, that was amazing and thank you so much for sharing like your experience in the new, um, as a neonatal nurse and your life in South Korea at the moment um, yeah, and I just want to say all the best and I would love to thank kind of you. obviously catch up again at some point and all the best with whatever obviously comes your way thank you thank you so much for having me here it's been such a privilege oh no it's been amazing talking to you thank you thank you